Holy, holy, holy is our God Almighty. Amen. I am so amazed of the talent we have here at Redwood Christian Church, our worship team, all our leaders, all our uh, small group leaders, along with uh, the children's ministry. We're so, so blessed. As I was, as I was waking up this morning, I was uh, just realized that if you look at this boundary series, boundaries are pretty much part of our lives. Every day we have some sort of a limit or a boundary that we have to follow. And it amazes me that most of what we encounter is both the, the work environment and then our spiritual environment when it comes to work. And it's just, uh, it just, it's unavoidable. You can't get away from it. You have certain boundaries you have to meet each day. This morning, I want to bring to you boundaries in business. What it relates to the work environment, the employer-employee relationships. And what I want to do this morning is Go back to Adam and Eve and look at uh, Genesis 3, verse 17 through 19. If you could turn to your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, I will read. Before I do that, let's open up in prayer for this session. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that I can speak through you, Lord. Help me to speak the words of your scriptures. Help us to realize what you mean to us in everyday situations. Even it be a work issue or a life issue, help us to have that strength have that, that endurance to move forward in any situation when it comes to boundaries and work. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, it reads, To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweet sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, to dust you will return. When, when I learned about the fall of Adam and Eve, <clears throat> my first thought was, man, that's bad. That's really bad. Can you imagine if the fall never happened? What life would be at this very moment? Absolutely. Imagine, you know, the turmoil that we would have. We would, as humans, we would stop using the, the, the trusting uh, power of God's goodness. We made our own decisions about what is right and wrong. 
And Adam and Eve disobeyed a simple command from God. Let me ask you this this question. (laughs) Do you like working? I think I think that's fair. I think some do and some, uh, you know, it it is what it is. You know, you could just blame Adam for that. <laughs> you must remember that the work existed before the fall. It was always part of God's plan for humanity. He planned for people to do two things. He would bring the earth under our domain, and we would manage it. And if you look at that, he brought the earth under our domain and they would manage it. We would manage it. Boy, that sounds like work to me. Other aspects of the fall um, are affected our, our work also. Our tendency towards disownership. Have you ever taken responsibility of what uh, you've done at work? Have you ever taken responsibility of, of your own actions? Believe it or not, it started in the garden. And Adam and Eve blamed each other. Eve blamed the serpent. They disowned their responsibility. And then the tendency to blame another is the key work problem. Let me repeat that. The tendency to blame another is a key work problem. Now, let's look deeper into this. These boundaries. How can these boundaries help resolve many work-related problems? Okay? They will also help you be happier and more fulfilled at the work you do. So let's look at that. Work and character development. I'm reminded in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now, Jesus uses a lot of parables in his, his work. These parables address money. Completing task, faithful stewardship of the job, honest emotional dealings in work. Jesus teaches us about the character development and context of relating to God and others. They teach us work ethic based on the love under God. Do you know that work is a spiritual activity? To be a Christian is to be a co-laborer with God in the community of humanity. You're working with God in everyday life. Now, what I would like to do this morning is share some problems that you face in the work environment. And this relates to both a physical work, a job that you go to every day, and then it basically can relate to a working for the Lord, okay? Everything that we do is, is work. 
So let us look at problems in the workplace. What happens if there's a lack of boundaries in the workplace? Great. Yeah. It's a, it's a toxic environment, situation, disrespectfulness, increased levels of stress. So let's see how this or these boundaries or these problems can solve some common problems in the workplace. So uh, let's look at problem number one. Does this sound familiar? Getting saddled with another person's responsibilities? Okay. Believe it or not, most employers that advertise for jobs or recruit for jobs, on their job description, it says attendance. Attendance is very important to an employer. So what happens when you have a large group of employees who call off sick one day due to illness or other issues in their lives? In their lives? What happens to productivity? What happens to that daily process of completing the goals, the, um, the projects that need to be taken place? They kind, of, they kind of stack up, don't they? A good example of this was during COVID. My company alone had a small workforce. We had about 89 employees at the time during the peak of COVID. And there was reasons for that. Okay, we had layoffs, we had people getting sick, COVID was just rampant. We had a lot of work, enough work for about 200 employees at that time. We only had 89 employees. So people, other employees, were taking other responsibilities to meet the goals and projections of production. So what happens when this happens or when this occurs? causes burnout, turmoil, workplace. And believe it or not, employees started to to speak up. We're working long hours. This is very stressful for us. So as an employer, we had to take action. Now keep in mind that favors and sacrifices are part of the Christian life. I'm going to repeat that again. Favors and sacrifices are part of the Christian life. Enabling is not. We have to learn to tell the difference by seeing if your giving is helping the other to become better or worse. So our employees spoke up. We took action. We delegated additional responsibilities to other people in the office This included hiring a limited number of new people that was available at the time, and believe me, it was hard to hire during that time when COVID peaked. So the Bible requires responsibility, responsible action out of the one who is given to. Part of it, growing up, is taking responsibility for oneself. We start as we start as infants. We're born. Okay, Our parents start to groom us. They start to raise us. As we progress through the various stages of childhood, we take on more and more responsibilities. We learn to tie our own shoes, clean our own rooms, 
and turn in our own homework. Does that happen a lot? <laughs> we learn that responsibility has its rewards and irresponsibilities has others. In many ways, the difference between a child and a man is his willingness to take person, personal responsibility for his actions. You know, as I read what Paul states in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 through uh, chapter 13, verse 11, he states, "When I became a man, I put the ways of the childhood behind me." Let's look at problem number two. Working too much overtime. Is this true for a lot of you? I guess it depends on the job. Depends what you're doing. Like I mentioned before, during COVID, most businesses were struggling with getting projects completed. There were employees, in some cases, working 60 hours plus. And that is a fact. And they had to work 60 hours to meet the demands of the employer. Employees were afraid to set boundaries because they needed a job or they feared a disapproval. Let me, let me explain that. So if, if it ends up that you're in a job that you're working 60 hours, okay? And this is the era that we're in now uh, in this current present life that we live, some employees are afraid to speak up because they feel that they're going to lose their job or they're not going to feel that they're important. But you have every right as an employee to speak up if you are working 60 hours or more. In some cases, some employers, it's not an option. You have to work 60 hours. Now, if you're in a situation where you're doing lots of extra work because you need the job and because you're afraid of being let go, then you might have a problem. If you're working more overtime than you want to, you're in bondage of that job. You're more like a slave, not an employee under contract. Your job should never should have a clear expectation of what is required of overtime. Believe me, uh, trust me, employers don't want to work overtime. It's costly. In some cases, especially during COVID, there was no option. We, there was so much work that needed to be done, shorthanded, we had less employees. So working too much overtime could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. But as an employee, you have every right to express your feelings and how you feel about working overtime. So let's look at problem number three. I, uh, <clears throat> I hope I'm giving you enough time to write these down. Uh, so problem number three is misplaced priorities. Now, when you're talking about setting limits for other people, you need to set limits for yourself. Okay? If you're anything like me, I'm a workaholic. I don't think I have limits, but I'm working on it. I tend to absorb more work than, than I can handle. And when this, occurs, when this occurs, I get very tired 
And um, I shut down. I think my wife can attest to that. <laughs> um, do you think this is fair to your family? Effective workers do two things. Effective workers do two things. And you can write this down. They strive to do excellent work and they spend their time on the most important things. Let me repeat that. Workers do two things. They strive to do excellent work and they spend their time on the most important things. I have to be honest with you, I'm that person. I need to work on it. I have to say no to the unimportant. If you're doing your best work on the most important things, you will reach your goals. Now looking into Exodus chapter 18, 18 um, this is a lesson from Jethro. Moses' father-in-law, who is seeing Moses, the lack of boundaries, there's a lack of boundaries there, asked him why he was working so hard. And he states, because the people need me, he said. And then Jethro re- replies by saying, what are you doing? What, are you do- what you are doing is not good. You and these people who came to you will only wear themselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Even though Moses was doing good work, Jethro saw that he was going to burn himself out. Moses had allowed good work to go too far. So remember, limits on good things keep them good. Now let's look at problem number four. Who can relate to this one? Difficult, co- difficult co-workers. <laughs> Over my 33, 33 years of, of being in the workforce, I have, I've had various jobs as an officer in the military, a production manager, hiring manager, and currently an HR manager. The number one complaint that I deal with is about relationships at work. Mainly, he she said this or that. And then, sadly, most people don't know how to deal with that. And part of my job, this is where I come, come in. Does everybody know what the law of power is? Okay. You only have the power to change yourself. You cannot change another person. I'll repeat that. The law of power. You only have the power to change yourself. You cannot change another person. The challenging part is that you must see yourself as the problem, not the other person. If you're the one in pain, only you have the power to fix it. A lot of people have found comfort in knowing that they must refuse to allow that person to affect them. So if you have a difficult worker, work with that person. 
Find what you can do to reach that person. Because again, it comes back to relationships. You have to get along somehow. Problem number five, critical attitudes. Have you ever worked with someone who's a, who is super critical? Always, always faults someone else except for themselves? Believe it or not, most stress comes from this. And what you can do is allow these people to be who they are, but keep yourself separate from them and do not internalize their opinions of you. If you have the courage, you may want to confront the overly critical person. And this is based on scripture. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 19. And I I do want to read that. Matthew 18, verse 15 through 19, it states, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For there is two to three gather in my name. There I am with them. So one who is critical should listen to you. If not, let them go. But you can let them know how you feel. Again, you cannot control anyone, but you can limit your exposure to that person. Now, a warning, avoid trying to gain the approval of that sort of a person, okay? It will never work. You may not feel controlled by this person. Avoid getting into arguments and discussions with this person. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7 through 8, We are reminded that you will never win. And it reads, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Problem number six. Conflicts with authority. Who can relate to this? For those that are working, are you having problems getting along with your boss? You know, this might be what's called transference feelings. It's a feeling that you experience in the present that really belongs to some unfinished business in the past that you have. This usually happens when bosses become 
because they are kind of authority figures. The boss-employee relationship can affect authority conflicts you might have. If you do not like your boss, you need to figure out how you can adapt to his or her personality. If you have a past or an issue in the past with authority, leave the past in the past. Deal with it. And do not allow this to interfere with your present relationship with your, with your bosses or with anybody in general. Look what you can do to help yourself adapt to that person of authority. Moving on to problem number seven, expecting too much of work. I think it's a true statement to, to mention that most employees feel that work should be a family-oriented place. It's really not true for a lot of businesses. But you look at the culture and the diversity and inclusion that occurs with most, most employers, I think we have a long way to go to make most employers are family-oriented place. And we do our best where I work uh, to support and give a safe and nurturing environment for all of our employees. But it all comes down to the training of the employee. Some problems arise when someone wants the job to provide what their parents did not provide them. Okay, When you have this generation that comes up uh, into this present time, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's some unmet childhood needs uh, that they're working on that they haven't met. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the problem is that the workplace is not a place to, to do this. If you have issues with your work ethic, uh, you have to f- identify yourself and be more of a, a motivator to help you get through what you really like in your job. So get your relationship needs met outside of work, and then you will be able to work the best without getting your, your needs mixed up with what the company needs from you. Keep your boundaries firm. Okay? Problem number eight, taking work-related stress home. Who does this? (laughs) This is a good boundary to have to keep work out of your home. I I don't, I try not to, but sometimes I fail. But I will remind you there's two parts to this. The first is emotional. I'm not saying that you cannot share with your spouse or your family what is happening at work. You, you might have to vent. You might have to, to communicate with your spouse or your family about what's going on at work. You got to work through your feelings, and that's okay. You got to work out these feelings so they don't control you. The second component, uh, component to this uh, is the finite, finite things such as time, energy, and other resources. Resources. You have to make sure that the job doesn't spill over into your personal lives. 
and your relationships with, with your spouse and your family. I try to make it a point once I leave my office to, to shut it down, okay? We have to find our limits and live by them. And here are some reminders. If you want to write this, if you're writing in your notes, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it states, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 5, chapter 33, However, let each one of you love his wife as, his, as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her, respects her husband. 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So try to keep your work outside of your family. There's a lot of work that needs to be done within your family. Let's look at problem number nine. Disliking your job. On an average, a normal person will go through five to six jobs in their entire life. Now, there's numerous reasons for that. I'm on my sixth job. It's more for me is meeting my personal goals and my career goals. It could be a promotion. But that's an average. Now, the other side of the spectrum is, it's in my opinion that we come from a generation that taught us work ethics. And I'm talking about the, the older generation. My father instilled in me a work ethic that remains today. I was taught no matter how much you hate your job, you don't quit. And the worst job I ever had was detasseling corn in the Midwest. Does everybody know what that is? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a form of pollination control for the corn. My first season was brutal. I learned the hard way that you should wear sleeve guards. By the time I was done with that field, I had cuts and bruises and all sorts of things, head to toe, and I looked like I was beat up in a blender. So uh, that was the worst job that I ever had. But you know what? Throughout the pain and the cuts and the healing... I never quit. I never quit. Now we have to remember boundaries are where our identity comes from. It defines what, it, what is me and what is not me. Our work is part of our identity that taps into our gifts. And I truly believe every one of you who are sitting here today has a gift. A gift that God is either waiting for you to express or encourage you and, and to be blessed. It is a true work identity. I have this challenge at work where I have these employees who stumble from job to job. Um, I'll hire and then a few week or two go by and then they stop work. Um, it's, it's, I, I, 
honestly think, and it's my belief, that they're, they just don't know about themselves. They don't know what they want. And then this is a boundary problem. They're not able to own up their gifts, talents, wants, and desires, and dreams. They rather rely on someone else to survive. This happens to young people who have not separated from their families they grew up in. Now, I'm not saying that this is wrong. I'm saying that young people nowadays should have the responsibility of finding a job and working through a job that satisfies them. They need to find what defines them and use their talents to succeed in life. And this reminds me of a university professor that told me once, as I was in college, I uh, was finishing up my senior year, and she asked me what, what was my ambitions, what, my, what was my career uh, uh, challenges or my career goals. And I, I told her, I said, I think I'm going to head back home and, and live with my parents. <laughs> and she says, well, I, I encourage you not to. Because she believed in me, she, she reminded me that I had the talents necessary to go out and do the job that God designed me to do. And next thing I know, I was on active duty, Desert Storm, and man, was that an experience that I will never forget. So I'm reminded in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. One of my favorite scriptures. Folks, you should have realistic expectations of yourself based on who you really are. You can only have this with boundaries that stand up and say, this is me, and this is not me. Stand up against others' expectations of you. In conclusion, finding your life's work, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, Finding your life works involves taking risks. You must establish your identity. You must take ownership of how you feel. You must access your talents. And like I said, every one of you has a talent. And then you must begin to step out as God leads you. And the only thing that God asks you to do is to include him. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 4 through 5, I take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. 
God also calls you to be accountable for what you do. In Ecclesiastics chapter 11, verse 9, it states, You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Folks, he has given you gifts, and he wants you to develop them. Commit your way to the Lord, and you will find your work identity. Ask him to help. Let us pray. Father, thank you for all the ways you have blessed me, specifically with the job that pays my bills and puts food on my table. Thank you that all work has significance because work is good. Help me bring you glory today through my actions, my words, through the good work I do to bring order to my little corner of the world. Help me view my work as a blessing and not a curse. Give me the grace and the strength for the hardest aspects of my, of my job. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.